What's up, everybody? Happy holidays, and welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three stocking stuffers with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and Vince Vaughn, guys, he's the star of the holiday season. I'm Keith Baker, and was it just me, or was Andrew Lincoln kind of creepy in Love Actually? And I'm Austin Terry, and Kevin McAllister should be in jail for assault. (laughs) Oh boy, we'll get into that, don't you worry. On today's show, we are returning to our dearly beloved bracket format, this time to answer the age-old question, what is the best holiday movie? Last holiday season, we did a holiday bracket where we pitted 12 movies against each other to see what would come out on top, and this year, of course, we have done that same thing again, but with 12 new movies. I feel like last year we hit on a lot of the classics and go-tos. We had to get all the good stuff out of the way. And this year's 12 movies have some more classics that maybe we missed, definitely some guilty pleasures, and some holiday subgenres that people might not expect come holiday time. So, Austin and Keith, how about you tell me a little bit about what went into selecting the movies that you did, as well as your overall experience watching them in preparation? Yeah, for me, I decided to uh, I decided to rebel a little bit, like Jin Erso in oh. Rogue One. Um, I'm sick of this merriment during the holiday season. I need some spooks back. I miss Halloween. Just happened. I went with three Christmas <laughs> horror movies that I had always heard about in the meeting to check out. And then I picked one just kind of non-traditional Christmas comedy. Um, so that's kind of where I went. I am not the biggest um, aficionado of holiday movies, so I never know what to submit when we get to the season. So I figured, hey, let's go back to my roots and let's do some horror. So to pick mine, a um, couple of them are just kind of my go-to Christmas movies uh, that I've always just kind of put on maybe every other Christmas, uh, a couple of comedies. One I had never seen, but I always wanted to check out. Um, we'll get into that later, which one that is. And then uh, then another one was just a classic that I've maybe seen only once or twice. I think everybody, I think maybe, or maybe more so our parents' generation appreciate this movie a little bit more. It's an older movie. But it's considered a Christmas classic. I was like, I think we need to throw that one in here this time around. I'm anxious to hear y'all's thoughts on on that one. So that's kind of how I went into it. Just chose a couple of go-tos and then chose uh, another two that I just maybe seen once or not at all. Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I picked one that I watch every year that I recognize is not a great movie, but it's just a fun, guilty pleasure. Uh, I picked a follow-up from last year. I picked one that has a reputation for being a great Christmas movie. I have some issues with it, but I think regardless, you have to talk about this movie at Christmas time, so I put it in there. And then I just picked a fun, kind of new favorite of mine, kind of more of a drama romance one to maybe balance out some of my other picks. So I think overall, it sounds like we have a lot of a variety here, whether or not they're all good or bad, I guess we'll see. I have a hot take on holiday movies. Um I think for the most part, a lot of holiday movies get a pass and they may not be good movies, but if it gets you in the holiday mood, they're like, I feel like they get regarded as, oh, it's a good movie. And in reality, it might be a good Christmas or holiday movie, but that doesn't always make it an all around good movie. And I'm going to add to that, Austin, because going through this round this year, these holiday movies, I was getting kind of nervous for next year. I was like, I feel like the first year we did this last year, we got all like the greatest ones, the classics. And then this year we even got we got a little bit more classics in there, followed by some ones we have not seen, maybe some out of the box kind of Christmas movies. I'm a little nervous for next year. <laughs> I, I I I feel like we might be covering the last of the good Christmas movies in this bracket. I mean, I don't know about you, Keith, but I'm nervous for this year. I think we scraped <laughs> the bottom of the barrel this year. <laughs> okay, well then you're kind of helping. Okay, then you're you're making me feel better then, because I was like, I, there might not be any more Christmas movies after this bracket. These are the only 24 that they ever made. 
And Tim Allen is in all of them. <laughs> also, since we have very different movies this year, what are you guys thinking criteria-wise? We kind of already brought it up a little bit, but last year it was pretty much as simple as, you know, did the movie have a good use of the holidays and that heartwarming feel? This year, since there is some variety in subgenres, what do you guys think? Is the criteria different this time around? What are you thinking? I think for me, I don't necessarily need it to be heartwarming to win this year um, because we do have so many subgenres and not all of them are necessarily heartwarming. However, I think I do still need the movie to nail the holiday atmosphere in order for it either to move on or eventually win this bracket. I think I'm in agreement, Austin. I don't need it to be like a, a happy ending or anything like that, but it does need to have like a Christmas feel or maybe not even Christmas. Like you said, Austin, just a holiday, like wintry or that time of year kind of feel. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. I think that's going to be the shift this year. I think as long as the atmosphere is there and there are some, there has to be like some semblance of the holiday vibe, despite if the movie's good or bad. But as long as the atmosphere is there, and I think most of these movies at least have that. So I agree. I think if that's there, then it can move on in my book. I'm not really going to take into account too much the actual genre. So it'll get interesting the later we go, because we're going to compare similar stuff in the beginning. Then we get towards the end. How do we compare different genres against each other? That's what I always have the most fun with in our brackets. So we'll see how that goes this time around as well. And I, I think everything we hit on is important, but I think in addition to atmosphere and the holiday feel, I think also it just has to be a, a good, well-made movie to like finally win this bracket. Maybe that's not as important early on, but as we get into the finals, I think a well-made movie is going to beat out maybe a more traditional holiday movie for me. Okay, good to know. All right. So finally, before we get started here, just want to let the audience know we won't be repeating any of the movies we submitted last year. So if you're curious about our thoughts on The Nightmare Before Christmas, Klaus, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Polar Express, Jingle All the Way, Scrooge, Home Alone 1, A Christmas Story, Die Hard, The Santa Claus 1, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, or Elf, go back to that episode from last year in 2020 and see what we thought and what won. Now it's time to move forward. Let's get into 2021 Best Holiday Movie Competition. Keith, how about you inform us about today's one-seaters? Today's one-seaters are Love Actually for the romance side of the bracket, It's a Wonderful Life for our follow-ups from last year, Krampus for the horror branch, and Fred Claus for the shit part of the bracket. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with the wild card round. All right, so of course, you have to have that romance in your holiday movies, don't you? At least that's what I think. But let's get into the romance side of the bracket. We are starting today with The Holiday from 2006. This was directed by Nancy Myers, and it stars Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black. Two lovelorn women from opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean arrange a home exchange to escape heartbreak during the Christmas and holiday season. And The Holiday is going up against Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was released in 2005 and directed by Shane Black. It stars Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, and Michelle Monaghan. After being mistaken for an actor, a New York thief is sent to Hollywood to train under a private eye for a potential movie role. But the duo are thrown together with a struggling actress into a murder mystery. Both of these movies, I guess for me, didn't really have too much of a Christmas Eve vibe to them. Mm -hmm. And you guys might disagree. Uh, going into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr., I really liked it. I liked Val Kilmer too. I thought they were a fun matchup. So uh, yeah, it was really funny. 
like I said, did it have that Christmassy vibe? Not really for me. I really didn't feel it. They do kind of acknowledge that. It's like, it is Christmas, but it's also LA, so you wouldn't know. So, but the movie itself really liked. And then going into the holiday, never seen this movie before. Really enjoyed it. Liked how these two women switched houses and it's kind of a cool idea. But same kind of thing. Didn't really have like that Christmassy feel to it for me. So that's where I'm at. Maybe you guys can help me out. Yeah, I think I can agree with you that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang doesn't really have that kind of holiday feel to it. I do think the holiday is more centric on just the story itself revolves around it being there in the holidays more. And they're both trying to get away from bad relationships and bad breakups. For me, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang had a really interesting murder mystery that unfolded. And I Mm -hmm. did really enjoy the dynamic between Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Uh, With the holiday, I really enjoyed the Cameron Diaz and Jude Law side of the story, but I was not that into the Jack Black, Kate Winslet story, mainly because I just wanted to grab Jack Black the whole movie and go, stop kissing her, Jack Black. Stop it. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I did think the cutting was kind of weird in the holiday. It makes you kind of forget that that Kate Winslet's character was there for a while. And then it cuts back and Jack Black's just kissing her forehead for some reason. (laughs) I, I totally agree with you guys. I think this matchup is actually pretty good because... They both take place during the holidays, but neither of them really make use of that in, you know, thinking about last year's movies, for example, which is totally fine. So then it kind of makes it a little bit easier. So it's like, okay, so both take place during the holidays, but I can't really talk about the holiday influence because it's not really there. Um, So it just comes down to which movie I like more. It might be a little bit tougher for me since I did submit the holiday. I just think it's a really cute movie overall and really fun. I really like how all these characters come together, even not the main characters, like looking at Eli Wallach, who plays like the old school Hollywood guy that Kate Winslet kind of helps out and gets to know while she's living there. And that's kind of a fun story, watching him get the recognition by the end. Um, But Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, ah, man, it's just so good. It's so good. I think it's a shame that we'll probably never get to see the Robert Downey Jr. Val Kilmer like rapport in any other movies after Val Kilmer's uh recovery from cancer but dude they're so good in this movie i love them together val kilmer i love robert Downey jr of course but i think val kilmer might be the star of this movie i think val kilmer is my favorite yeah. in this val kilmer is awesome and robert Downey jr's narration i think is so funny it's really funny too kind yep. of breaking the fourth wall type thing i think for me i'll go ahead and throw my vote for kiss kiss bang bang i just for me it entertained me more um i enjoyed like i said with the holiday i really only enjoyed half the movie And overall, since neither one of these movies are really using the holiday season as the focus for the stories, I'll just give mine to the more interesting movie. And for me, that's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, I don't think I have too much to add there. I think I'm with Austin on this one. I think I'll throw a vote to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as I don't really see myself rewatching the holiday ever again. And while the story was kind of intriguing, I thought it was kind of boring at times. Didn't really feel holidayish to me. Not that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang did either, but I'm with Austin. I think it's just more, it's a more interesting movie. So I think I'd probably go Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as well. Um, I do really like The Holiday quite a bit, uh, but I think you guys are right. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, since neither of them are really focusing on the holidays all that much, even though one of them is called The Holiday, <laughs> I think you just have to go with the more interesting, better performances type thing, and that's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The last thing I will say, since we won't talk about The Holiday anymore today, is the scene after uh, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz like meet that night, and it's the morning after... And he puts on his glasses. I literally went, Jesus. <laughs> See, I, I That's have, a good I looking have, guy. <laughs> I have that same thing in my notes, but my notes was, uh, man, Jude Law could be Superman when he puts on those glasses. There you go. He'd dude. be a great Clark Kent. Good looking guy, that Jude Law. Good looking man. 
Alrighty then. That means Kiss Kiss Bang Bang will go up against Love Actually in the next round. All right, so moving on here in our second matchup of the day, we have two sequels from last year's original submissions. Uh, we have The Santa Claus 2 going up against Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. So The Santa Claus 2 was directed by Michael Limbeck. It stars Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell. Scott Calvin has been a humble Santa Claus for nearly 10 years, but it might come to an end if he doesn't find a Mrs. Claus. And Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, was directed by Chris Columbus. It stars Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, and Catherine O'Hara. One year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and the same criminals are not far behind. Ah, those wet bandits, you can't keep them down. They're back! I'll start us off here because I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was shocked at how much I loved the Santa Claus 2. Wow. Santa Claus 2, I think, might be better than the Santa Claus 1. Oh, I Whoa. love hearing this, Austin. I love hearing I love this. the way they, like, expand the Santa Claus and, like, fantasy lore. <laughs> yeah. And they make the Santa Claus, like, dynamics a lot more interesting. I like his relationship with the elves. And I really buy uh, Tim Allen's relationship with Elizabeth Mitchell. Yeah, that's overall, cute. it's a very sweet movie. And it flew by. I loved it. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Home Alone 2, for me, like... I, don't, I mean, it's fun. Kevin McAllister's back, but it just doesn't do anything new from the mm-hmm. original. Whereas I feel like the Santa Claus 2 amazingly expands the Santa Claus world and the lore. And I was like, wow, give me the Santaverse. I love it. Oh, yeah. man, Revisiting Santa Claus 2 is fun. Um, is it better than Santa Claus 1? Yeah, it might actually be. Um, I think Austin's right. It does kind of expand the, the Santa Claus North Pole lore. I like that we get Spencer Breslin as the other like head elf. Uh, behind uh, David Crumholtz as Bernard. I just think there's so many funny moments. In Sa- I, I was laughing out loud so many times in Santa Claus too. Especially with the fake Santa Claus. There's some oh, really funny moments there. <laughs> so good. The elves are really funny. Uh, Tim Allen, of course, brings the charm as well. I'm excited for Austin to see Santa Claus 3 now, now that he's really getting into it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's no... I. I predict it right now. There's no way Austin likes that one. Because <laughs> <That> one, <laughs> I don't like that one. That one's terrible. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, Santa Claus 2, I think, do I like it better than the first one? I actually might as well because it just, the first one, really the premise like we talked about last year is just, oh, a guy you wouldn't expect has to become Santa Claus. And there are other movies kind of like that. You know, somebody that you wouldn't expect has to take the mantle or whatever. And this one, you're right. I mean, it is kind of a fun premise, actually. It's like, hey, you're a really good Santa Claus, actually. But if you don't find a Mrs. Claus, you know, with the E at the end, of course, then it's all over. And the the big highlight, and I talked about it last year for the first one, the thing that always surprised me about the first Santa Claus is that, like, the middle portion of that movie is actually kind of a family drama in a weird way, where he's, like, turning into Santa Claus and... Um, his ex-wife and then Judge Reinhold, her new husband, think that he's like trying to change his body and outlook in order to appease like his young child who's like obsessed with Santa Claus. And they think it's kind of a really not healthy thing. But then, of course, by the end, it gets wrapped up. And this one, they kind of surprisingly do some more really good 10 years later storylines. I really like seeing, you know, Scott Calvin come back and he's trying to he, I mean, he's close with his family, but watching him try to understand where his son is coming from, he's like, man, I've, I've had to keep this secret for all this time when it's kind of, it's it's really hard. And it, it's kind of turning him into a kid that's, you know, doing bad things and watching the family dynamics in this one, I think is 
way better than the first one. So you get really cool Santa Claus stuff this time around and some actually interesting family dynamics. And a, a surprisingly interesting, like, um, almost heist movie at the North Pole where this toy Santa Claus yeah. is like stealing Christmas, essentially. Like, and I was honestly really interested every time we cut back to the North Pole. Um, I do think the one negative for the Santa Claus too is the ending is insanely rushed. Yes. She like comes down on a bag and is like, I love you, Scott. It's like, what? I honestly even believe that part, which I don't say for most movies. I believe the I love you's because it just it was their chemistry was so good. But the part that makes no sense is literally where he turns to her and is like, oh, yeah, we have to get married now. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, no, yeah, no, we have to. And it's like, OK, so the I love you's I'm cool with. But the, the marriage part is so goofily handled. We got to talk about the violence in Home Alone, too. It is it's rough, man. That Especially the, the, the opening like of the actual um, break in where he's throwing bricks at Daniel Stern over and over like yeah. one was enough but it, get, it honestly gets hard to watch like i was like oh my god you're this man is dead what are you doing kevin mcallister have like eight concussions um luckily they make up for it with my favorite line in any movie of all time right after that where daniel stern when he falls down the hole and just it, it's honestly i hope this was improv and he just looks up and he's like wow what a hole <laughs> It's great. Just like raiding the hole or whatever. It might be because he's so concussed. He's just so impressed with and that And then hole. he also turned into a skeleton after that, remember, when he gets electrocuted? Yeah. <laughs> he make it lit on fire? It's like the crime they're committing does not fit the punishment that Kevin McAllister is, is dishing out in this movie. It is weird because when you think about it, it's like Home Alone 2, like you said at the beginning, Austin, really is the, the exact same plot of the first one. There's even the same like neighbor premise with the bird lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different city. The only thing they were like, we got to do it bigger and better is the violence. Like, what a weird. That's the one thing they were like, we got to do that more. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear for me, though. I'll be voting easily for the Santa Claus, too. What a great holiday movie. I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. Same for me. It just feels like Christmas, obviously. How can you not with Santa Claus and the North Pole and his whole love story to find Mrs. Claus? So that one's it's a pretty obvious choice for me. Yeah, just to have a final word on Home Alone 2, I do like the ending. I think it does have that same feeling as the first one. It is kind of sweet. And I do like watching him have the whole toy store dynamic with uh, the owner of that. They have like, a good relationship. He's actually like, nice donating. Yeah. yeah, it's like donating money. And then he's the guy that gets them presents at the end. And then the final scene where he gives the turtle dove to the neighbor is another great moment, similar to the first one. But yeah, when it comes to kind of a sequel, I guess, as we're talking about two sequels, something that actually did not necessarily bigger and better, but they just told a more interesting story. I think I got to go to Santa Claus 2 as well. So it's unanimous. All right. Well, Santa Claus 2 will go on to face It's a Wonderful Life in round two. All right. So let's get into the subgenre, the surprising subgenre that we talked about at the beginning. And it is, of course, horror. So there are a bunch of horror Christmas movies out there. Who would have thunk? So the first one we are going to talk about is Better Watch Out. This one's from 2016, directed by Chris Peckover. It stars Olivia DeJong, Levi Miller, and Ed Oxenbold. A babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. And on the Apocalypse came out in 2017, was directed by John McPhail. It stars Ella Hunt, Malcolm Cumming, Sarah Swire, Ben Wiggins, and Paul Kay. A zombie apocalypse goes down at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. I did not like Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> not really one bit. That's just because you don't like musicals. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I get, I think that was it. I just found the, but I I think uh, what was the movie we just watched? Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Tick Tick Boom. I think they de- they they fit the uh, the musical part of it, the songs and all that. It flowed better and it actually fit in that movie. I felt like the musicals did just did not fit, and and, and when they would break out into song and all that, it was just kind of random. I really didn't care for the songs all that much. It was just kind of, I don't know, it just felt awkward and weird. Going to Better Watch Out, I loved Better Watch Out. I thought it was a really cool movie. Levi Miller played a really creepy 12-year-old kid. He did a great job, and the whole cast did a great job. Um, and I liked the, the simplicity of the story and was not expecting some parts of it to happen. It flew by, was a short and simple movie, but just kind of left me feeling like, wow, that was a really cool put together movie, creepy and Christmassy at the same time. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I was um, I was actually pleasantly surprised by both of these movies. Anna and the Apocalypse is a musical. Um, I think the thing that I really like about it is it has kind of like that high school musical feel to it, but with zombies and I think all the musical numbers, um, unlike Keith, I actually think they're all really fun. And I found the dynamic of them being in these fights or hiding from zombies while singing really interesting and just something I had never seen before. Better watch out. I just think the twist is really interesting and took the movie in a totally different direction than I was expecting. Um, like you said, Keith, the lead is extremely creepy. I don't know how he flips from this like innocent 12-year-old boy to this really creepy like psychopath. Like He does it on a dime, so great performance from him. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between both of these movies because I had a great time with both of them. Yeah, you know what? I think to preface, I would say we are in a similar situation here that I think we were in the romance round, which is I don't think either of these movies make use of the holiday in ways that you might expect. I mean, Better Watch Out clearly takes place, you know, in or around Christmas. So does Anne and the Apocalypse. It might be more obvious in Better Watch Out. But again, neither of them are traditional holiday movies. So that's kind of a moot point for me. So I'm not going to really consider that in this round. So again, it's just going to be, what should I like more? And I guess the tough thing for me is Better Watch Out definitely shocked me. I think that twist was pretty well done. And whenever it happened, I was like, wow, they actually set that up pretty well, too, because there was lines of dialogue in the beginning that like you kind of misinterpret between kids like, oh, I guess he has a plan to woo this woman or whatever. But then what that actually means later is like, oh, my God, it's horrifying. And the body count gets surprisingly high, too. Yeah, it's not a horror movie in the traditional sense, but the subject matter is horrific. It makes your blood boil watching this kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sounds like maybe I'm a bit closer to Austin, though, because where I'm stroking is I actually really, really liked Annie and the Apocalypse. I thought it was a really fun movie. I don't really have too much experience with musicals, to be honest, but I don't know. Maybe since we're watching more recently, I I really like the music in this one. I thought it was fun. I mean, sure, I agree with Keith. It's not like Tick, Tick, Boom or something where it's supernatural or they just like break out into song. I know for some people that is kind of awkward and weird. I get that. But I really like the music. I really love the characters. I felt they actually, in the midst of this zombie apocalypse movie, kind of developed them all in a pretty decent way. So by the end, I, I I was actually really, really sad when some of them bit the dust or something like that. And um, by the ending, God, I, I just love like the final scene, wherever you see the zombies again of like people that you may or may not know and watching how they still have some humanity, like lovers turn into zombies that are like brushing up against each other or a friend wearing a Christmas sweater vest as a zombie is still able to like turn like the blinky lights on. So I thought it was a really cute movie. Um, 
where I think I'm ultimately stuck is I think I liked Anna and the Apocalypse as an overall package more. Whereas with Better Watch Out, I think I was just super, super impressed with how they handled the twist. Now, with the rest of the movie, I thought it was good. But I think the twist is the the main reason to check it out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for me, the one portion where Anna and the Apocalypse faltered was I like the musical numbers. I like the zombie stuff. Beyond Ella Hunt's character, I didn't. I wasn't really that sold on the rest of the supporting cast. I think Ella mm. Hunt is definitely the standout, yeah. but overall beyond her, I don't think the characters were all that interesting. I agree. Whereas Better Watch Out, just I think the twist is great, and I did really enjoy kind of all of our characters and their dynamics and how you have this kind of best friend who's looped into it with our main kid and why yeah. is he there and just all of that I found really exciting and interesting. And I just, the twist just really surprised me and I was not expecting it. So over, I think overall I got to vote Better Watch Out. Yeah, I think, like I mentioned at the top, I think both of these movies, while clearly set at Christmas, don't really make use of that in ways that you would expect, like our romance side of the bracket. So I just have to go with the movie I enjoyed more. And while I loved the twist and Better Watch Out and had no clue it was coming, I thought it was a great ramp up, great acting. I just honestly, shockingly, loved Anne and the Apocalypse from beginning to end. Loved the music, loved the characters. Had a blast with it. Thought there was enough holidays sprinkled in there that it was fun and, you know, made sense, liked all the characters. So, yeah, I didn't expect it, but I'm going to vote Anna and the Apocalypse. This one's easy for me. Better watch out. Uh, no disrespect to Anna and the Apocalypse. Maybe I need to rewatch on it later on. Maybe I'll enjoy it more. But uh, to be fair, though, Keith, if, if there was any musical going up against a non-musical, would the musical get your vote? I don't know. Depends. Who's to say? <laughs> All right, well, better watch out. We'll go on to face Krampus in round two. So let's get into our guilty pleasure, or as I like to call it, our shit part of the bracket. Um, I don't like any of these movies here, but we do have four Christmases going up against Christmas with the Cranks. (laughs) Just the title gets me. All right, four Christmases came out in 2008. It's directed by Seth Gordon. It stars Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. A couple struggles to visit all four of their divorced parents on Christmas. And of course, it's going against the seminal Christmas classic, Christmas with the Cranks, from 2004. So it was directed by Joe Roth. It stars Santa Claus himself, Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Dan Aykroyd. With their daughter Blair away, Luther and Nora Crank decide to skip Christmas altogether until she decides to come home, causing an uproar when they decide they have to celebrate it at the last minute. Four Christmases is one I've I watch, um, I wouldn't say every year, but like every every, every other year. I, it's a Vince Vaughn thing. I love Vince Vaughn, almost everything he's in. I think, I, think, I think he's hilarious. I like all the different side characters in this one. It's an incredible cast. Like, no joke. It's an insane cast. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Duvall, John Voight. John Favreau. John Favreau. Mary Steenburgen. Um, Tim McGraw. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, big cast and a lot of funny characters and... Uh, yeah, I just kind of like the it was it's a quick movie and it's just yeah, just it's just bubbly and and funny. Uh and then Christmas with the Cranks watching it for the first time. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. I thought it was going to be complete shit. It's just like less complete shit. <laughs> well, let me let me jump in there. Let me jump in there just because Matt, I know I know from some um off microphone conversations that you have some serious thoughts on Christmas with the Cranks and I would love to hear them. So I'll start positive briefly with Christmas with the Cranks. I think the initial setup is kind of cute. I like the idea of, you know, their only daughter, clearly their only child, is going away for a long time. 
So it's the first Christmas that Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis are going to have together. What are we going to do? I like the idea of him trying to do something nice. It's like, clearly, this is going to be really sad. Let's just get away. Let's go on a cruise. Kind of fun. Thought that was cool. I thought the entire movie, by the way, was going to be them on a cruise like during Christmas time. That's what I expected. <laughs> and then I actually kind of liked the final scene. Not fully, but whenever he gives away the tickets and it's like, okay, he's coming around to it. I thought it made sense that whenever she comes home, like the mom would be really excited. But he's like, obviously he loves his daughter, but he's still like, well, we just planned this trip and we like skipped Christmas. And now I, I feel weird about it. That kind of made sense. So I like that. The entire middle of this movie was absolute dog shit. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. <laughs> Watching Free them, Frosty! Ugh. The neighborhood dynamics are so unbelievable yeah, in this because movie. I was, first of all, surprised in like the opening credits where I was like, this is based on a book called Skipping Christmas. And I was like, oh, why? Because, I mean, I didn't know at that point. It was just the opening credits. And then after that, whenever out of nowhere, it's like, we can't just go on a cruise. We have to also apparently... I can't do any Christmas activities for no reason. It's so dumb. <laughs> Financially, we have to spend what we would have spent on Christmas on the cruise, and we can't go over that number. Yeah, but they keep setting up. It's like he could have spent a couple bucks on a tree. They already have Frosty. You don't have to spend they any money on that. They already have lights, too. They could have, have those. Lights. That would have just cost time. It was just so forced in. I oh, It was bad. It was bad. I, I did like at the end, though, how... They do specify that nobody is helping them out because of Luther Crank. They're doing it for the daughter, who was always nice. At least they like kind of like nailed that. that. But and this isn't even hard for me. I don't even need to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> Four Christmases gets my vote. <laughs> I would say this, though. I The more surprising thing for me is I actually kind of liked Four Christmases. I had never seen it before. I thought it was a really great premise. I like the idea that these two people that have no interest in getting married or have kids... It's similar like we talked about earlier with like Santa Claus 2. Yes, the idea of them deciding over the course of this like less than 90 minute movie that they might want to get married and have kids. Sure, that's very rushed. But just the premise of them coming from broken families and having on Christmas Day to go visit all four of them. I love that. And I have to say, kind of like you said, Keith, earlier, I think with Santa Claus 2, I was laughing out loud and I was surprised watching him go visit Robert Duvall, his dad and his brothers. It was killing me. Whenever he's like, we have a $10 cap. And he's like, here's an Xbox. And then the other kid getting a present like, why don't you love me, daddy? <laughs> I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Four, four Christmases, I think, ends up being better than it like has any right to be. I think mainly just because of the cast. The, the yeah. thing that I really enjoy about it is just that each different family feels like a comedy sketch. And I like, because of the fact that they're all related, that characters come in and out of the movie at like different points. Yeah. That, that's what really works for me with Four Christmases. Yeah, that was cool to see like John Favreau then show up later at like the mom's house. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I just like the, like I said, the premise of this one was just so funny. It's Christmas Day, going to visit all these crazy people. Super fun. I don't think it's a great movie or anything, but I think it's way better than Christmas of the Crank. So it definitely gets my vote. I'm going to have to vote. Four Christmases, of course. It's one of my go-to holiday movies. It's funny. Gets me every time. Yeah, my vote is going for Four Christmases. All right, well, Four Christmases will move on in our shit wing of the bracket and face Fred Claus in round two. Vince Vaughn against Vince Vaughn. God, how do you decide when it comes to Vince and Vince?
All right, everybody, let's get into round two of the bracket. It is time to revisit the romance side of things. So Kiss Kiss Bang Bang won round one and is going up against Love Actually. So Love Actually from 2003 was directed by Richard Curtis, which, fun fact, Austin, do you know who Richard Curtis is? Isn't he the guy that directed About Time? He is your favorite movie, <laughs> or one of your favorite movies. That's what I always think Great about. Great movie. Planning to watch it again on Valentine's Day. Hell yeah. This one stars Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Kira Knightley, Martine McCutcheon, and Bill Nighy, and honestly, a lot of other people too. It's an insane cast. And this one follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives in various loosely interrelated tales, all set during a frantic month before Christmas in London, England. I think this movie I, it used to be one of my go-tos during Christmas. I used to love this one. And I still really enjoy it. I think it's fun, mostly because of the cast. Uh, some of the stories work better than others. But overall, I think it's still kind of, when people think about holiday movies and romance movies, this one's still up there. So I wanted to pick it for that reason. So since you guys both watched it for the first time, what'd you think? I thought it was way better than The Holiday. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, mainly because okay. of this cast. Um, I think on some level, all of the relationships have interesting stories at least but because there are so many people to get to that a lot of them kind of don't get as much screen time and feel rushed as the movie kind of wraps up overall though i can't really paint i can't really point to a bad performance in this one and i think the reason to check this one out if you haven't seen it is just to see this huge ensemble cast come together on screen and just kind of also seeing like different roles from some types of actors like andrew lincoln and liam neeson you don't typically see them in rom-com so things like that are what really worked for me with love actually I think I do agree with you. I, I liked it a lot better than The Holiday. I think I think it just flowed better. Um, it seemed more real to me, too. Except for the Keira Knightley one. That one's bad. Yeah, I was not a fan of that one. That one's weird. As you can yeah. tell from my comment when we first started. But um, <laughs> besides that one, though, <laughs> I think all the characters were really funny. I think Emma Thompson was one of my favorite characters oh, in this one. I love that that storyline has a sad ending. I like that yeah. not all of them are happy. God, that one's like heartbreaking. Jeez. Bill Nye cracked me up so much in this movie. I love Bill that Nye's guy. hilarious in this so one. So good. He definitely had a a, a Davy Jones like voice moment too when he's like bit. he's like let's get pissed and watch porn. Jack <laughs> 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 Oh man, but yeah, the cast was just awesome, and then all their stories were. I really it's hard to choose one out of out of all of them that were you know the, that was the best. So it's just a fun movie. I liked it. Before you jump in here, Matt, let me let me ask you guys this one thing. There's only there's really only one thing that doesn't work for me in this movie. Is there about 15 too many fat jokes in this film for you guys? There is a weird amount. And I don't know why they thought that was a good call. The, the most egregious is still when Hugh Grant's assistant comes in. I can't remember at what point in the movie it is. Like, I think after she left and basically just calls her fat to his face. And it's like, why? She's not. <laughs> and then later with her family, her family calls her like big boned or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, is is this like some inside joke about this actress or something? <laughs> right? She had just told the story about how her ex-boyfriend made fun of her for having bigger yeah, thighs. Yeah, I forgot it's about like, that too. Why are we all piling in on this? She's more of just a normal-sized person. <laughs> yeah, she's completely a normal person. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that was weird. kind of off-putting. But um, for me, having seen this one a lot, um, I know you guys just saw it for the first time, I definitely have a favorite story. And I think in part, it's what you guys mentioned, being surprised about an actor in it. But I just love, 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 love the Liam Neeson story in this movie with his stepson and trying to not in a creepy way, I would say. It's like kind of like, oh, like he's experiencing not his biological son. I mean, his 
like, you know, wife died and now he's raising this kid and this kid is of an age where he's kind of feeling feelings for the first time. And it's so cute. And, you know, watching him try and coach him and watching him like, what? We got to watch Titanic, <laughs> like just like that stuff. And by the end, God, it, it's just a really great story. I think Liam Neeson's great in this movie, I think, because like, I also think Hugh Grant's great. But I think Liam Neeson is also great and his story is great. So that's definitely my favorite personally. So here's where I'm at when comparing this to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is probably a more interesting movie, probably yeah. a better made movie. Yeah. I think just the relationship alone between Val Kimmer and Robert Downey Jr., like we touched on, is fantastic. The yeah. mystery is really interesting and the way it unfolds juxtaposed against um, the book that they're all talking about and how this author always has all these interconnected stories that involve into like one broader mystery. Really like that element. Um, the thing is, though, I think Love Actually is probably a better holiday movie than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is. I agree. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I was going to say the exact same thing. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a better movie than Love Actually, but for the purposes of this bracket, it's just the, it's this the tough draw because Kiss Kiss Bang Bang doesn't really make that much use of its holiday stuff, whereas Love Actually... That's the finale of the movie. It's a holiday show. So. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of feeling you guys. I think I would vote for Love Actually on that alone, even though I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Same for me. All right. I'll vote for Love Actually as well. All right. So that means Love Actually will go on to the semifinals. All right, guys. This might be, just with the way things shook out, this might be the most exciting part to talk about. So we are returning to our follow-ups. And what I mean by that is, of course, Santa Claus 2 is a sequel to the first Santa Claus that we talked about last year. We didn't talk about It's a Wonderful Life last year in the sense of it was in our bracket, but we did talk about how much Austin hated it because we almost put it on the bracket. And this year, we couldn't pass it up. For me personally, this is only the second time I've ever seen it. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. So it's a follow-up in that way. Santa Claus 2 versus It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, directed by Frank Capra from 1946. It stars Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, and Henry Travers. And this one is about an angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Guys, the seminal matchup of all time. It's a wonderful <laughs> life versus the Santa Claus 2. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? I know it's been a big buildup, but it's a wonderful life. I mean, let's break it down. What are we thinking? Yeah, I guess I have a, an opening question to my statements. Um, does It's a Wonderful Life feel like propaganda to you guys? In what way? Just Ooh. based on the time it came out, like, don't leave your hometown, stay there, do your job, don't ever get out, don't go across the seas, don't leave the country. Mm. That's kind of what I got from the message of this movie. Really? Really? I almost think it's the opposite. Really? See, I don't find it, like, uplifting or anything for it being this, like, seminal classic. I honestly feel bad for George, who never got to do any of his dreams. I feel bad for him, too. I Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think by the end, the way they set it up and kind of slowly paced it with, you know, he gets back with Mary and has kids. I do feel like at the end, I understand why he would be happy to be back in this, you know, timeline where he has that. I think he kind of would be OK for going what he missed out on. And maybe later in life he will do that. But it works for me. Yeah, I understand your point, though. I think I think I think the message I think they were trying to instill was like. No matter how hard life gets, your family will always be there, even though, you know, even though they're, they can be screwed up. I guess it's kind of what I was getting out of it, or at least what, they, what I thought they were trying to uh, get out of it. 
Yeah, I I will say on this viewing, It's a Wonderful Life, I probably enjoyed it the most out of all the times I've seen it. I still really don't get the fascination with this movie, um, mainly just because I honestly kind of find it depressing. I don't really get like the holiday cheer from it. I don't find it like uplifting or inspiring or any of that stuff. Um, the final scene when the whole town comes out for him is, of course, great. Yeah. But everything before that just kind of wears you down. It's like, man, George can't catch a break. I do think that's part of it. I mean... I totally get that. It does work for me because I think it is just well told, I guess. I mean, it is kind of that story. And I think there is a lot about the holiday times that does feel a little bit like, I can't catch a break. It is kind of that time where it seems like that feeling comes out more. And I think the movie does play on that, especially towards the end. And I just think he's a great character. I think Jimmy Stewart's, of course, awesome in this movie. I think the entire cast is really good, even like the smaller characters that you slowly get to know. Um, But even kind of like you said, Keith, it's like, you know, the message is like, your family will always be there. The thing that I always love about this movie in just the few times that I've seen it, just in bits and pieces and now like all the way through, is that the whole message is like, well, what? I wish I had never been born. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what that looks like. And it's like, wow, this guy really did leave an impact. Of course, he would have loved to have gone on his own explorations and seen new things across the pond or whatever. But you know, George Bailey, he never was able to really see it until this instance where he was able to kind of see the direct impact that he made on so many people's lives. And he made the town better. And I think it's kind of sweet. And then by the end, like you said, that great final scene where it's like there's no typical like roll your eyes moment where like Mr. Potter's like assistant that's like, I'm going to get a job with George Bailey. It's There's no scene where he walks in and is like. Hey, George, I saw that Mr. Potter stole your money. Here's your 8000 back. It, no, it's just like the entire town comes together because people just asked and they donated money. It's so good. It's so uplifting. I love that part of it. But I still see your points, Austin. So, I mean, Keith, what do you think? Because it's a classic for a reason, but, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a weird one to talk about. I think I already made up my mind earlier way I were talking and Austin kind of helped me make it for what he said. It is pretty depressing and it's not one of those movies I really like to put on. Well, I think it's a well-made movie and the story is great it's not one of those i just want to be like oh yeah when i think of christmas time i really don't think of it's a wonderful life to put on like i do your home alones your your santa clauses and all our you know all the classics we've mentioned earlier i know a lot of people put this on like on christmas eve and i i feel like this would take me out of the christmas spirit if i had to watch this on christmas eve every year See, a, a christmas carol which we did last year is the one we always kind of put on like in the background on the house we don't have, it's always and it's always on tv running on reruns over and over on tv during christmas eve and christmas day that's the movie hmm. i kind of think about when it comes to like the one you put on that day it's a wonderful life no that's one you you can maybe put on that week and watch it but yeah i don't know so I might have to, I might actually have to go with Santa Claus too, just because it kind of puts me more into the spirit. That was going to be my argument for Santa Claus too. is, um, I think Santa Claus too just kind of captures that magic of like through a kid's eyes, what the North Pole is like, what like the thought of Santa coming on Christmas night is and, and all that. Um, for me, just the Santa Claus too really, uh, I think captures the holiday spirit in a way that brings back the, the fun that this uh, time of year can be. Whereas It's a Wonderful Life, I think, more so captures like the stressfulness that the holiday season can put on a family. Yeah, I guess maybe I just look at it differently. I Because I know we talked about some of them last year, but I like Scrooge or Jingle All the Way. I kind of like the cynical Christmas or holiday movies because I think there there's a very real element of the holidays that, you know, kind of 
make you feel that way, pessimistic or just cynical in general. And for me, It's a Wonderful Life, I guess because Keith cast his vote, I'll throw mine out there now. I'm going to vote for It's a Wonderful Life. I'm the biggest fan of the Santa Claus trilogy that I know. But the reason I'm voting for this is because while I agree with you guys that there are a lot of depressing moments, I think, you know, Frank Capper and the team over there, I mean, at the time, they really did a great job of nailing. It's never like overly depressing for me. Like whenever um, the druggist that his boss like accidentally is about to poison people and it's like he's slapping George and like his bad ear and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, this is a really dark scene. But then whenever it's like, I know that you're in pain. I know that you got the telegram like your son died. I know that. I know you didn't mean to do that. I know you're having a hard time. I'm sorry, but, you know, don't hurt me. It's like and then watching them hug. It's like it's a really weird scene. Like we just watched a kid get slapped in the head. But then it kind of watching George grow up and seeing his relationship with this guy, it's like the movie is never too depressing for me because there's always immediate follow ups that are kind of uplifting. And you see George's like inspiration towards the town. And that really pays off in the end, of course, whenever he wishes he was never alive. And the movie does deal with suicide, obviously. So you guys are right. I mean, it is a downer of a movie, but I think there are plenty of moments in there that really kind of uplift you. So for me, yes, it's a downer and a bit more cynical, but I do think there are enough moments in there that make me feel happy and ready for the holiday season. Um, yeah, over Santa Claus 2, which I can't believe I'm saying. I love it, but I got to go. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> the only thing I'm kind of stuck on is I think It's a Wonderful Life is a better made movie than the Santa Claus 2 is, and it has stood the test of time since 1946, which is insane. I will say this. I will say this just for the sake of being even in the argument. As much as I don't want to say, because I love It's a Wonderful Life, it's like a two-hour and ten-minute movie, and I think I would say conservatively, the last forty-five minutes is really the only time that deals with the holiday season. That's a great point. Mm. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life does drag, and I yeah. am probably never going to watch it again. So I'll vote for <laughs> Santa Claus too. It's a Wonderful Life has my respect. It's just one I never, I just never want to put it on. I just never feel like watching it. All right, well, Santa Claus 2 will face Love Actually in the semifinals, and we now have our round two of our horror wing of the bracket, and it is Krampus going up against Better Watch Out. Krampus came out in 2015. It's directed by Michael Daughtry. It stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Koechner, Allison Tolman, and MJ Anthony. A boy who has had a bad Christmas accidentally summons a festive demon to his family home. All right. So, Matt, I know you had some issues with Better Watch Out having an interesting twist, but not really utilizing its holiday premise. Uh, Krampus definitely uses its holiday premise, but maybe lacks in the scary department. What were your thoughts on this viewing? That's what's going to make this a tough one, Austin, because like I said, I, I enjoyed Better Watch Out. But by the end, it really did get grating. And it's like, I understand this character that I'm I'm not rooting for. He's an antagonist, this kid. But by the end, I just feel like there was no comeuppance. I feel like there should have been something. I wanted just anything. Um, but the thing I'm struggling with is Krampus, I think, has a great maybe, I don't know, first 30 minutes perhaps. Um, but then once like the Krampus and like the elves and all these like weird creatures are introduced, it does kind of drag for me where it becomes like, OK, we're just going to slowly kill all the main characters. Um and the extra tough thing is Krampus, I think, without even any question, really utilizes its holiday premise. And that's what I appreciated about it. It is like this family 
kind of like almost Christmas vacation, like begrudgingly coming together. That's what I was going to say. It really captures the Christmas vacation like David Koechner does feel like Cousin Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Like coming together and you don't want to. And it is like they're celebrating Christmas and what does that mean? And all that stuff really did feel a more traditional holiday movie. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was scary either. And it did drag by the end for me. I did like the ending of it. But again, where I'm struggling, I know you guys feel differently, but better watch out. It's like, I really liked how it was made. I liked a lot of the moments. But again, the biggest thing for me was the twist. Um, it's not very holiday movie, whereas Krampus is. So I'm still struggling. How about you guys give your thoughts on these so that I can maybe hopefully determine how I feel about this? Where I'm actually kind of struggling is I think Krampus is a really bad, scary movie. But I actually think it's a fun holiday movie that I could honestly see myself putting on That's a great like point. every year after watching it this time around. I'm going to watch it again. That's a well a well set. Well set. I, I think I like the characters more than I do the actual story. The story is kind I of- I really like Adam Scott yes. and Tony Collette in this movie. The characters are definitely better than the story itself. Yeah. And I think that's really what I enjoyed out of it the most, which is the characters, all the funny stuff. Like you said, David Koechner has that, the vacation vibe going for him. It was just really funny, but the story itself is kind of like, eh, or whatever. I mean, it's a cool little background thing to keep it moving along. I do agree. I don't remember which one of you said it. Maybe Austin, that it does kind of have a more holiday, Christmassy feel. What I mean is like Better Watch Out is set during the holidays, whereas Krampus, the story revolves around it being a Christmas movie and holiday movie, whereas Better Watch Out doesn't. It's just a random home invasion story that just happened to be set during a holiday time. And I think some of the monsters are pretty fun, like seeing evil elves and an evil gingerbread Dude, man. Dude, the and- jack-in-the-box freaked me out. I did not that I did not like that. <laughs> that was creepy. It is really fun. I don't think it's great by any means, but I had it's a lot fun. of fun. It's a yeah, fun, I had one, fun though. watching it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the purpose of this being a holiday bracket at the end of the day, I got to vote for Krampus over Better Watch Out. I think Better Watch Out is way better as a scary movie oh, and better, probably okay. another one I'll return to quite a bit, especially during this time of year. But uh, Krampus just captures that feel a lot more. Yeah, uh, I think I'm in agreement in agreement with you, Austin. Better Watch Out could almost be in our Halloween bracket. It's pretty creepy. Um, and yeah, and Krampus, I think it's just more of a rewatchable movie. I could see myself putting this one on um, during the, the Christmas weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, no more, not much more to add. It's just kind of a fun movie. The characters are funny. Yeah, so I'll throw a vote for that. I'm going to vote for Krampus as well. I think if we were doing a random movie bracket that happened to have both Krampus and Better Watch Out in it, I would absolutely vote for Better Watch Out because it was just a bit more interesting to me. But for the purposes of a holiday bracket, I feel like I have to vote for Krampus because I do think they did do a good job of incorporating the actual holiday into the story. I love seeing a German grandmother who... My mom had a German grandmother, and I always love her stories about her and seeing Omi or Oma. Like I, I just love that. It was it was very cute. It was very fun seeing the relationships between those characters. Um, I'll vote for Krampus. I don't think it's better than Better Watch Out, but I think it's the better holiday movie. All righty. Well, Krampus is going to move on to the semifinals, and to find out what it will be facing, we now have Fred Claus versus Four Christmases. Vince Vaughn, baby. So Fred Claus was released in 2007. It's directed by David Dobkin. It stars Vince Vaughn, Paul Giamatti, and Rachel Wise. Fred Claus, Santa's bitter older brother, is forced to move to the North Pole to help Santa and the elves prepare for Christmas in exchange for cash. I submitted Fred Claus. I've watched it. I think I saw it in theaters. I've watched it every year since then. Is it a good movie? Let me tell you something. No, it's not. (laughs) But I think Fred Claus might have 
one of the top five best premises for a holiday movie. It's a great idea, but terrible execution. But you're right. Not great execution. The idea of Santa's bitter older brother that got immortality just because his brother became Santa Claus is so awesome to me. Vince Vaughn is the perfect person to play that character. I think it has tons of sweet moments. I like the idea of there are no naughty kids. It's just kids that, you know, have had a bad time, aren't listened to. Everybody deserves a gift on Christmas. And then watching him do the classic, you know, Tim Allen Santa Claus thing, where it's like he has to take up the mantle, deliver the presents and how hard that is. Is it super original? No. But I think in large part, Vince Vaughn and then Paul Giamatti as Santa Claus, whoever thought that would be a casting. Honestly, I, I do think, yeah, I think they made it work. I think those two really both delivered the comedic moments and the emotional beats, especially by the end, whenever they're like, you're the best big brother ever. And then he kisses him. It's like, yeah, I think the actors really sold this one. It's not a great movie, but I enjoy it for sure. I think I'm a pretty big Vince Vaughn fan. I think this might be the worst Vince Vaughn movie I've ever seen. For me, he wow. did not work in this oh, film. Okay. Um, what did actually work for me was Paul Giamatti as Santa Claus. And that's really it. I do like the message at the end of the day, but yeah, this one just, it's a stinker. I got to say, <laughs> okay, I did not fair. enjoy it. That's fair. That's fair. I, we also have yet to, in any of these films and maybe even ever have a good CGI flying sled. I don't think Ugh. that's ever looked good. Yeah. Not this one. <laughs> not this one. <laughs> and lastly, we've got some creepy peepee with the Elizabeth Banks character in this movie. I felt weird about that too, to be honest. <laughs> Why is she basically like, the only elf in a Santa bikini, essentially, for her costume. Nobody else is dressed Why that way. Why is she the only tall elf? Yeah, I was confused by that, too. I was like, is she an elf, or is she just, like, or is she, like, an outsourced, like, elf? She's a North Pole elf. <laughs> or, yeah, sorry, South Pole. Uh, because they could have... The, dude, the thing that's... that The work... Because, Austin, you're talking about, like, the bad CG for the sleigh. <sighs> I gotta say. I mean, I, I understand it's 2007. It was a while ago. But the CG to make Ludacris look shorter, John Michael Higgins look shorter, all these actors look shorter is atrocious. <laughs> it is horrific watching these people play elves, quote unquote. It's so bad. Well, it's funny after we watched that one uh, documentary, watching them make elf and how they made oh, yeah. made it look, made them look smaller with force a different perspective. angle. Yeah, the force perspective. Yeah. That was cool. But you can tell that they really didn't do it that well, they forgot about yeah, it. They didn't know what they were doing the Fred Claus. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the the beginning of this movie actually. With the I native, love it. The I beginning so, so funny good with Kathy Bates as the mom. That was the stuff about the premise that worked for me. Is like he's the older brother that you know kind of got left behind. He's totally a good kid. Nothing wrong with him, but just they had another kid that was quoting you know just way nicer, I guess, and kinder and. Watching him cut down the tree, doing it for good reasons, and the way that calls back later whenever he gifts him a birdhouse. I mean, again, are they forced moments? Sure. But I think they're sweet enough that they work for me. And I guess the biggest, I mean, I, I want to hear your thoughts, Keith. The thing that works for me most is I actually do like Vince Vaughn in this movie. I know, Austin, you said that you didn't. But for me, yes, at times it might be a bit more slapstick than it needs to be. But I do think he's kind of a good choice for this bitter older brother uh, that happens to be Santa Claus, so it kind of works for me. No, I think it, he worked for me. I, do I think it's one of Vince Vaughn's best? No, I think it's probably, no. one, of, probably one of his weakest, for sure. Um, but I think the fact that he was paired with Paul Giamatti definitely brought it out. 
I don't know if it would, you know, if it wouldn't have been Paul Giamatti as Santa Claus, maybe it wouldn't have worked as well as it did. I don't think it would. I don't think it would. And it's, it barely works at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I think the best moments were with the whole brotherly stuff. And Absolutely. Then, and also Absolutely. Palm Giamatti with Mrs. Claus banter was funny as well. With her, she's like, you're eating too much. You have a problem. <laughs> a lot of fat jokes in all these movies. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. For me, I think I got to go with, because these are two not great comedies, like I would go with the one that at least made me laugh a little bit more. And that would be Four Christmases. Um, both of these movies have great premises, I think. Yes. I think the execution of Four Christmases is just, well, not great. It's better than Fred Claus. So I'll vote for Four Christmases. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's nostalgia or just thinking wrong here, but I, I got to go Fred Claus. I think if I had seen Four Christmases like a bunch before, maybe I'd feel differently if like that becomes a kind of a constant rotation. We'll see. But since I have seen Fred Claus so many times, I do agree that not all the comedy works and some of it's kind of misplaced. But overall, I do love, love, love the brotherly dynamic and just the premise and the fact that, you know, this is Santa's older brother and how that pays off in the end. I do think they do have good comedic beats and really good dramatic beats, like genuinely, like whenever like they do like the snowball fight and it's like, oh, this is kind of stupid. But then it ends with like, I don't hate you. I just wish you'd never been born. It's like, Jesus, and it, it, it kind of works for me. I don't know why. I don't know why this movie, even though everybody else kind of hates it, is not received well, I'll tell you that much. But I think Four Christmases might be a better movie. I think if I see it additionally, because I'd never seen it before, I might vote for that. But since I've seen Fred Claus so many times and I do genuinely like it, I'm going to vote for that. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to throw a vote to Four Christmases. And this is not by a long shot. I think these two movies are almost even, but I think Four Christmases takes a, a little bit more for me as I like to, like I said, I like to put it on whenever Christmas time comes around and it's a little bit more funny. The only parts I really like about Fred Claus is the Paul Giamatti Vince Vaughn banter back and forth. Other than that, the story kind of fails for me in the long run. While, while you did mention, Matt, it is a great idea uh, for a story, but they just didn't execute it quite right. So uh, in that case, I'm going to throw for Four Christmases. All right. So Four Christmases is going to face Krampus in the semifinals. And to kick off our semifinals, we now have Love Actually versus The Santa Claus 2. Love Actually is the better movie. Santa Claus 2 is the better holiday movie. The Santa Claus 2 is a really fun return to the Santa Claus world. But other than that, it doesn't offer much beyond just it's really fun to see Tim Allen back in that role and, and seeing like what it's like 10 years later. I think overall for me, Love Actually is a better made movie. It's got better performances. It's got more interesting stories. It's very sweet at the end. Um, and I think the fact that it, it has all those elements and then also still finds a way to utilize its holiday setting with the kind of finale being this big Christmas pageant. I think yeah. overall, Love Actually is kind of uh, tipping the scales a bit for me. And I think I'll throw my vote in that direction. I do also really genuinely like it's really hard. A lot of movies and TV shows do this, even though Love Actually like was received well at the time. And for some reason, over time, it's like, oh, Love Actually is really cheesy. I don't like it. I do think this movie really does handle the interconnected stories super well in surprising ways. I'll never forget first watching it, like you mentioned, Austin, like the pageant. Wherever Emma Thompson comes in, you find out that she's the sister of Hugh Grant's character. And like they have like a genuine kind of, oh, are you okay? Like, like what's going on? Like it's a it's a really kind of sad and but also powerful like moment. It's it's weird. But um I like the interconnectivity to it. And um I, I cannot say I, I I don't have a vote yet. I don't have a vote yet, Keith. I'm so I guess it's between you and me, Austin Budford Love actually. 
I kind of agree with the sentiment. You know, Santa Claus 2 is more of a fun movie than doing anything super interesting. But I will also say, on the flip side, Love Actually also does have a lot of stories that I don't personally care for. I don't really care for Colin going to America to have sex. It's it's funny, but it's not I that like was so funny on my first viewing. But this was my first viewing, so I could see sure, why it's sure, not sure, sure. fun beyond that. And then like Martin Freeman and and them as like porn stars, and then randomly by the end, like they're just I guess married. It's like oh okay, why do we spend that much time on that? I guess they're married now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so I love the Liam Neeson story, the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman story, but. There are some that don't work, so I'm still trying to kind of figure this one out. What do you think? I don't know, because I, I, I like, I think Love Actually definitely takes a cake as far as the better movie goes. Now, Now for me, I'm just trying to decide, okay, is it the better holiday, Christmas, whatever you want to call it? Does it bring that spirit? And I think it does. I think Love Actually definitely does bring that spirit. I don't know. But then Santa Claus 2, you know, brings the the Santa and the Christmas and the 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 wintry part of it. There's definitely a nostalgia yeah. factor there, too, yeah, with Santa Claus 2. Exactly. So it's a tough one, but uh, man, and this is this is hard to make because it's so close. But I think I'm gonna have to go with uh with love actually. Wow. wow. Okay. I think I would. I was gonna do the same thing. I thought Keith, you were gonna go Santa Claus too. Then I was gonna also be like, oh, well, hold on, love actually. I'll throw that vote in there. So okay, I think I'll throw love actually as well. I think Santa Claus too. Surprisingly, really solid movie, but you know. I understand your guys' points. I think Love Actually does bring more to the table uh, for the holiday factor. All righty. So Love Actually will move on to our final round. And to decide that matchup, we now have Krampus versus Four Christmases. Wow. (laughs) What a weird matchup. (laughs) I think it's fair to say that neither one of these are great movies, but they both have fun premises. And uh, I think uh, Four Christmases have some pretty great comedic moments. And then Krampus really does bring like a new interesting take on a holiday movie Mm -hmm. and also has some really fun characters as well. I completely agree with that. That's where the matchup gets tough. Any additional thoughts, Keith? What are you thinking? I mean, I see there's definitely a theme going on here where we're kind of putting, and this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. We're putting like the whole Christmassy Santa Claus thing kind of to the side and we're kind of deciding these off of like love and family and all that kind of side of Christmas. And I think that's kind of what's moving on. So in that case, I feel like four Christmases might have to move on, even though Krampus does bring that family dynamic into it. So I think I'd have to probably vote for four Christmases. But I love Krampus, though, and I still stick by what I said, that it's going to be one I put on probably every year now. So, yeah, but four Christmases, I think we'll have to take it. I think something we haven't touched on yet with Krampus is I do really like the Max character in this movie. I love how he's obsessed with Christmas and just he's having one bad day and that causes Krampus to appear. I I think that element's handled really well. For me, I just had a lot more fun with Krampus than I did with Four Christmases. And I do like this blizzard on Christmas Day hunkering down against this monster set amongst like the stocking and the fire and the Christmas tree and, and they're still trying to celebrate Christmas. All of that stuff really added a fun element to the movie. Like I said in our last round, it's a really bad, scary movie. It's a really fun holiday movie, though, and I'll vote for Krampus. I guess the thing that benefits me on this one is that um, I watched both of these for the first time, so I can kind of go off that initial feeling, and I think I definitely, I can't, again, I can't believe I'm saying this, I liked Four Christmases a lot more than Krampus on a first viewing, but I think 
while I did not really enjoy like the middle part of Krampus, I do think what they were playing with, like with the holiday aspect in the beginning and especially the end, was super interesting. I thought the performances were better. Ah, man. I really liked Four Christmas. I kept on saying it, but I think I'm going to vote for Krampus as well. I just think how they set up the family aspect, that's super important to me, I think, uh, for these holiday movies. I think that has to be there and how it did feel like a weird, perverted horror version of Christmas Vacation <laughs> did go a long way for me. David Koechner and Allison Tolman were the perfect people to play those characters. And uh, I, I did like Four Christmases, but I guess I'm going to lock that vote in. So I'll go Krampus as well. I cannot believe one of my movies actually made it to the finals. I, I added these movies to mess with you guys because this is my least favorite bracket of the year. And I cannot <laughs> believe we actually made it, to the, we made it to the finals. How dare you? <laughs> well, I guess with that, then there you go. Let's get to the finals. So Austin's cramp, precious Krampus has made it and it is going against Love Actually. I think both of these movies do at least deal with the holiday premise super well. I think that element can't be ignored, but there's a lot going on besides that. So guys, what do you think? I know it sounds like, I know I've seen Love Actually a lot. You guys hadn't. Krampus, I hadn't seen. I don't know. So it's like our first time viewing for most of us. So where do we want to go? What are we thinking? Without a doubt, Love Actually is the better movie. Hands down. It's better made, better performances. Better holiday movie? That's that's where I'm stuck, is I don't know if it's actually a better holiday movie than Krampus is. So here's the thing. I've kind of already teased it. I think Krampus, the beginning and ending, genuinely the way it handles like that family kind of depressing, cynical element of Christmas is super important. I feel like most movies don't do that. I think it should be there. It's something that I personally enjoy. I kind of mentioned it with It's a Wonderful Life. I love that. And while I don't love all of the stories of Love Actually, I do think the Liam Neeson story, the Hugh Grant story, the Martina McCutcheon story along with that, the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman story, there's enough there that each story kind of feels like they're bridging a lot of genres. Because while the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman story is truly, truly sad, it's just fucking sad, honestly. But then you also get Bill Nighy, and it's like the the most carefree, funny thing you could ever get watching him playing this aging rock star. And he's the opening of the movie. He's the ending of the movie. It's perfect. When it comes to how they deal with the holidays, maybe I like the beginning of Krampus and the ending more. But I just think Love Actually, maybe it's too long, but there's more to offer there for the holiday spirit. And I also think the stories that I love in Love Actually are better than the beginning of ending of Krampus, if that makes sense. So I think I would go with Love Actually. That Liam Neeson story alone, I gotta say, it, it just sells it. I think it's perfect. I think Matt made a ton of great points. I also think just, there's no way we can say Krampus is a better movie than Love Actually. The performances are better in Love Actually. The stories that get a lot of screen time are developed and really interesting. I think the only thing that hurts Love Actually is they just have a ton of characters. Some of these other romances just don't get a lot of screen time, so they feel rushed. Overall, though, it's very well made. There are very funny elements. There's a very sweet moments. There's very heartwarming moments. There's a little bit of something for everybody in Love Actually. So I think I'll also vote for Love Actually over Krampus. Uh, but I still stick by it. I think both these movies are movies you can put on during the holiday season. Whether you love actually, you think Love Actually is a Christmas movie or not, it does feel like a Christmas movie to me, um, for the most part, because it just bring that brings that family vibe into it and the the love stuff into it so i think love actually takes it a little bit more 
I mean, love actually takes it alone for bringing us Bill Nye singing, I feel it in, in my, my fingers. fingers. I feel, I feel it, in it in my toes. toes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, officially, Love Actually is the best holiday movie for 2021. Yes, yes. Well, guys, I have to ask you. I think I know the answer, but we have to call back to last year. So quick spoiler, if you haven't watched the Arnie's Holiday Bracket of 2020, our first one, the winner was Klaus. If you had to put these up against each other, what would win? Oh, Klaus, easily. Yeah, Klaus is better too. than every yep. single thing in for this bracket. Too. Yeah, <laughs> Agreed, agreed. Klaus is good. <laughs> so there you go. Well, Klaus is officially the best movie for 2021. Klaus wins! <laughs> <laughs> so with that, everybody, I guess watch Love Actually, but more importantly, I know it's been a year, but watch Klaus. <laughs> that's, that's the main <laughs> note here. But thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that so we continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well, even if you don't want to write anything. Leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday, guys. I can't believe I'm saying this. We are finally going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm so happy. God damn excited. Are you guys pumped? I think the world's pumped. I mean, just the phrase Toby and Andrew was trending on Twitter all night last night. Toby! I think this is easily like the most anticipated movie of the year. I can't wait. Uh, I'm so glad we did that that little lead up where we went back to all the movies. I feel so prepared. Can't wait to check it out. I'm just excited to see a Spider-Man movie in the theaters again. I think the last one I saw was maybe The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield. So it'd be cool to see Spider-Man on the big screen. And of course, to close out the year, we also have another highly anticipated movie in The Matrix Resurrections. I'll be watching the entire Matrix series all the way through for the first time to prepare for that episode. And to cap off the year, we're bringing it back. It's time for the Arn Academy Awards year two. That's going to be fun. We're going to look back on 2021, a bunch of movies that came out post-pandemic. It's going to be a bunch of shit. Maybe a few gems in there. We'll see. Maybe we'll talk about Four Christmases. Who knows? <laughs> Will without remorse win movie of the year? We'll have to find out. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we want to hear from you guys. So please message us on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Send us your favorite holiday movies and let us know if you think we picked the right winner. Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. And please, please let us know how badly we shit the bed with this list this year, because I don't think we did a great job, so let us know your thoughts. Again, we we nailed it last year, <laughs> so go back to that episode, <laughs> and then check this one out, and then what movies are we missing? 24 pretty good movies? Actually, probably half of them not very good. <laughs> Just let us know what you think, and in the meantime... Have a happy holiday. We'll see you next time for Spider-Man. See you then. See ya. Next year, it's just going to be the Home Alone movies and the Santa Claus movies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>